Welcome to Women Inseparable with author and speaker Jacqueline Palmer. Our study this season is titled Jesus and Me Today. We know Jesus is coming back. With that in mind, what does your today look like? Here's Jacqueline. We're starting a new study today. Brand new study, brand new kickoff called Jesus and Me Today. And we want to talk about who we are as women inseparable and what does Jesus and me today look like? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, oh Lord Jesus, how good it is to be back in the body of Christ, to be in the spoiling gift that you've created called women inseparable, to be with my sisters, to be with the smiles that touch each other's hearts so severely and so sweetly that we run to it, that we tend to find ourselves clinging to those hugs, to those smiles, to the familiar faces of the ones that you call your own. I thank you so much that I get to be a part of this beautiful group of girls. I pray that you'll be with us this morning as we open up your word. Lord, I pray that you'll be with Romans 8. I pray that you'll be with 1 Corinthians 1. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you will go before, that you will hold those passages dear to our heart, that you will help us to see something brand new, that we'll see something that's so old and so favored in our hearts and it'll birth itself in a newness today. I pray that you will help us to walk. Help us to walk in your light. Lord God, I pray your light will shine upon our faces today, that your light will shine upon our hearts today, that your light will spill out of our mouth, spill out of our words, and it'll affect ourself, that it'll affect our marriages, our home lives, our workplaces, that it'll affect the quiet times and the loud times in our life. I pray that our, your light in us will affect the world around us. Oh, how this world needs your light. I pray that you'll use us, use us today as we wait for tomorrow. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right, Romans 8, women inseparable. When we first um, got to start Women Inseparable, we were asked all the time, what is Women Inseparable? It's, it's an amazing group of girls that get together for prayer, for scripture, for girl time. Three things that every one of us need all the time. That's the heart of what we do. You can't have a foundation without the word of God. And Romans 8, 35 through 39, just washed over us. And that has been our foundation since April 2020. And our promise to the Lord as he gave this to us, that this will be our foundation until Women Inseparable is no more, which I assume Women Inseparable will be no more when we get to see Jesus face to face. What's my five-year plan of Women Inseparable? That. <laughs> just keep it going until the day we get to see Jesus face to face. Here's what Romans 8, if you have your Bibles, which I do pray we always have our Bibles. Romans 8. I'm going to start with verse 31. It says, what then shall we say to these things? And if you have a question within your heart of what these things are, go back to Romans 7 and read 7, read 8 is my encouragement to you. He summarizes, Paul summarizes and says, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? As memories of 2020 wash over us, memories of 21 wash over us. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, 
how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? Who shall bring any charge, verse 33 says, against you? It's a good question to ask. Sometimes we feel like we're being attacked, being thrown at all the time. Mm-hmm. If you need to remind yourself of the truth of the gospel, the truth of the power of Jesus Christ, write this question on your mirror with an expo marker. What? Write this on your hand. Write this on a note card and put it everywhere. Who, who shall bring any charge against me? Question mark. The answer, no one. It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? It's the question in verse 34. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, Christ Jesus is the one who rose again. Christ Jesus is the one who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. I read that passage, I think of verse 26 in the same chapter that says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. We have Jesus praying for us. We've had the Holy Spirit praying for us. Who can condemn you? Match that up to the fact that you have the Holy Spirit covering you in prayer. I heard a gentleman say last night that it's amazing that it shocks him when he hears somebody say the words, I prayed for you today. He says, I heard somebody say that to me for the first time and it shocked me that somebody else took the time to stop in their day to pray for me. And I thought that was an interesting statement as I've been reading over Romans 8, thinking the Holy Spirit is praying for you, not just every day, always. And at all times, he's praying for you, over you, with you. Jesus Christ, the risen Son of God, according to John 17, is praying for you, always and at all times. You're being prayed for. Who can condemn you? I pray right now your heart is set on the fact that Jesus stands in the way of every condemnation, the big ones, the small ones, every condemnation. Nothing. That's how it starts, Romans 8. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Do you know Jesus? Because that's the question that might be sitting on our hearts. Like, I know you're saying the Holy Spirit is praying for me, but I don't know the Holy Spirit. I know you say Jesus Christ, the risen Son of God, is praying for me, but I have no idea who that is or what that means. Do you know Jesus? Do you know that Jesus is the risen Son of God? Do you know that he is the eternal Son of God, that Jesus chose to obey God when God said, will you do this for me? Will you go to earth? as a baby, not even as a baby. Will you be conceived? Go through that nine months that fascinates my brain, that that God spent nine months in the womb of his very creation. What were his thoughts during that time? What passage of scripture ran through God as he was in the womb for nine months? 
what our God did. That's what Jesus did. And then he was born as a baby. And then he lived human existence day after day after day for 33 years. Do you think there was a little bit of hard time during those 33 years? Have you ever gone a day without a hard time? Have you ever gone 33 days without a hard time? <laughs> There's some of us that are part of Women Inseparable that don't know what 33 looks like. <laughs> we call them our young ones. <laughs> 33 years is a long, long time. Many years, many months, many days, many hours, many tears, many joys, many sorrows, many pains many fights, many fixes. Much happens in 33 years. This is what Jesus Christ did in the flesh as God. And then he died. He died a death meant for those that are condemned. That's what Jesus did. He died on the cross. We don't die on the cross in today's, you know, punishment. But back in the day, back in the Roman government, that was the death of one who was condemned. You died on a cross. Nails, it was awful, but it was expected for a criminal. It was due diligence to a criminal. You killed somebody I loved, you're dying on the cross. That's what people did, and that was the punishment. And Jesus says, I'll do that. Without one thing to condemn him for, he did that because of you. He loves you. Jesus Christ died on the cross, physically gave up his spirit, died. He was buried, covered in tears, buried in a tomb, sealed for three days. What went through? God's mind during those times. I think of God the Father, what went through his heart as he was separated from his son. What went through God's heart? God sacrificed his son. God did that for you. What went through Jesus, went through his mind, his heart, while he was separated from his father, and he did that for you. Jesus rose again. People die. People die all the time. We talk of different religions and we think of different religions that are written by different people Then those people die. And it's heartbreaking every time death happens. But in this case with our Jesus, with Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, Jesus died, yes. But then he conquered it. He conquered the, the cross of condemnation. He conquered death. He conquered the grave. He conquered your sin. He conquered your separation from God the Father and said here, it's free. You can be my sister, the daughter of God. This is what Romans 8 tells us. When you put your faith, when you follow Jesus Christ, the risen Son of God, you are now sister and brother with Jesus Christ. That's fantastic. That's amazing. Jesus becomes your brother, always with you, always loving you, always praying for you, always walking with you, always sitting with you, 
always holding you when you're crying, always rejoicing with you when you're happy, always with you today. This is Jesus' promise. This is what Jesus did. We go back to verse 34 and it says, Who is to condemn? No one. For Christ Jesus is the one who died. Christ Jesus, more than that, was raised. He is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. And then verse 35 is what we sat upon when we were creating, labeling, if you will, women inseparable. Verse 35 says, Who? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall April 2020? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine? Shall nakedness or danger of the sword? Verse 37 tells us no. Just no. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through Jesus who loved us. And then this passage concludes with these two powerful, powerful verses. It says, For I am sure that neither death nor life, I pray those words wash over you. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things that are present today, nor things that are to come tomorrow, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation, nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. We are women inseparable. Not because it's a name, not because it's an amazing scripture study a great place for prayer and scripture and girl time. We are women inseparable because we stand on the fact that, yes, we believe that God sent his son to be the savior of my soul. And as I stand and say, I am a daughter of the king because I put my faith in Jesus. And Dandy stands and says, I am the daughter of the king because I put my faith in Jesus. And Gail stands and says, and you stand and say, and together we unite as women inseparable. And we have women that are in this room. We have women that are in small groups. We have women that are around our nation that join us as women inseparable, knowing today nothing, nothing can separate us from the love that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's who we are as women inseparable. Not good. That's good. I am slightly partial to women inseparable. I kind of love it a lot. <laughs> It's an easy thing to be addicted to, isn't it? We get to start a new study. We're going to peek into it. We're not going to do it. right. Oh, oh, we love scripture. Scripture is power. It's what we stand on. We really do. Girl time is great, but we have found that our girl time oftentimes just sits in scripture. 1 Corinthians 1 is where I want to lay our foundation. And as we open up to 1 Corinthians 1, I do want to introduce our uh, two new things that we have this season. We have invitation cards, and we'll get to these more and more as our study progresses. But I do want to have them available starting this week. Every week, we'll have a stack here to our groups. They're always available. Let us know when and how we can get them to you. These cards are invitations that we can give to anyone on your heart. 
And when you give these to anyone, you turn it around and it says up on top, it's all about Jesus. This one simple card can start a relationship between that person that's on your heart and Jesus Christ today. There's scripture on here and it doesn't make it super easy. A lot of our uh, gospel invitations will say, look at this one specific verse. Look at this one specific verse. If you've been with Jacqueline at all, I like giving you like chunks, read the whole passage. So I tried to put like New Testament, just read Matthew to Revelation and you'll meet Jesus. <laughs> so I wasn't that mean, but the whole chapter is on here. And the sub points on here is he is the son of God, John 14. He lived for me, John chapter one. He died for me, Matthew 27. He rose again for me, Matthew 28. He is praying for me, John 17, and he holds my future, Revelation 21. Perhaps the person on your heart gets this and there's a question that is always on their inner quiet questions on their heart. And they say, my future, I have a question about my future. And the prayer is that maybe they start right there at Revelation 21 and they read Revelation 21 and they understand, okay, there's something bigger than me that's holding my future. Who is that? Let me start at the beginning. And they go through this list. These have been prayed over and I pray that you will join us in praying over these cards and hand them out. How many can you take? We don't care. We don't care. There's no limit. We have a study guide this, uh, this week or this season. 47 pages is our total of this. This is so much fun to go through. And there's not a bunch of my words in here. This is not a book written by Jacqueline. This is for you to write. Welcome to Women Inseparable. What Bible study do we do? Whatever you and the Lord come up with. <laughs> write your own study. So we're all going to walk away with a different study in 10 weeks. How cool is that? It's amazing how God can use one passage and move it in 59,000 different directions and touches our hearts right where they need to be as we are where we are. If you don't write one word on one line, congratulations, you made it your study. That's fantastic. I can testify right now. My sister, who I've talked about before, she would not touch one line. She wouldn't enjoy it. It would not be fun for her. It would make the study awful for her. If you are like my sister, Sherilyn, don't touch it. If you're like me, you'll have every line filled in, written on the side, written upside down up on top, you will write and you'll, cause you could take off this binding and make copies of the journal pages <laughs> and insert more journal pages. See how thick you can make that thing. Make it your study. This is you and you and the Lord. First Corinthians one, let's see how far we get with this. Um, what we're going to be doing this next 10 weeks. First Corinthians one, verse one, start at the beginning. It says, Paul, Paul, the author of this letter writes these words about himself. He says, Paul called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and our brother Sosthenes to the church of God that is in Corinth to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those who in every place 
call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Verse three says, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. There is an entire study in those first three verses, but let me just wrap it up in these words. Paul wrote this letter and he wrote this letter side by side by, with a Christian brother that is only mentioned twice in scripture. His name is Sosthenes. You can find his story in Acts chapter 18. Fascinating, fascinating story. Other than Acts 18, he's nowhere in scripture except for 1 Corinthians 1.1. That's it. That's all we know of this man. Amazing man who stood with Paul, who walked with Paul, who served with Paul. None of us know anything about Sosthenes. We know a lot about Paul, but we don't know much about this man. But this man sat with Paul and penned the letters to, the, to Corinth, 1 Corinthians. It's amazing, amazing, like what a powerful gift he was to Paul. And we're like, who's Sosthenes? The two of them sat together and wrote this letter to certain people, to those that are of Corinth and to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus. Could we not put our name in there? And there's a lot in this book, and this is not a study on 1 Corinthians, but I'm slightly, um, I love 1 Corinthians. There's a lot in this letter that are very specific, very direct to the city of Corinth. It's specific. The, this church of Corinth wrote letters to Paul saying, here's our question. We need answers. Because keep in mind, this is the first century believer. This is first generation. They didn't have grandparents to go to for scriptural answers. They didn't have parents to go to for scriptural answers. They were the first Christians. They were learning what it meant to be filled with the Holy Spirit without having the letters of Paul to refer to. Isn't that fascinating? They had the Holy Spirit without any direction. It's fascinating to me. They learned by living today what it meant to have the Holy Spirit within them. It's amazing. So they had questions and Paul answered those questions. And today we have these jewels sitting before us. He writes this to the church in Corinth. He writes this to those that are sanctified. He writes this to those that are called to be saints together. That's you and me. That's Corinth all meshed up together. We are saints together in the fellowship of God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We are one with our first century brothers and sisters. That, that's beautiful to me. That truly defines how inseparable we are from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Verse four says, I give thanks to my God always for you. Wash those words over you. I give thanks to my God always for you. Why? Because of the grace of God that was given to you in Christ Jesus that in every way you were enriched in him in all speech and in all knowledge. At this point, one of us, few of us, all of us may sit for a minute and say, is my speech, is my knowledge, have you ever questioned if your speech was truly covered in the blood of Jesus Christ? Have you ever wondered if your knowledge was really full 
of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And we start asking questions like, am I steadfast enough to be identified as this? Am I worthy, shall we say, of this identity? And we sit there and we, our eyes get off scripture, our eyes get off our savior and onto ourselves and we start judging ourselves. And we go back to Romans 8 and says, who shall condemn? Shall you condemn yourself? No. But in all things, we are conquerors through Jesus Christ, our Lord. It's amazing how hard we beat ourselves up, how much we beat ourselves up. And scripture says, but in Jesus Christ, you are enriched in him. Present tense today enriched in all speech and in all knowledge that you today as you are where you are today do you know jesus it's always the base foundation question do you know jesus as your savior if your answer is yes then this is you and you say but i don't know as much as good good be where you are because that's where the Lord can grow you, can meet you, can be with you, can use you as you are, where you are today. No comparing allowed. Don't do it. Verse six says these words, that even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, present tense, as is where you are today, Christ Jesus is confirmed among you collectively. This is a collective you. Verse seven says, so that you collectively are not lacking in any gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. I've read that verse so many times and I smile like a dork every time I read it. We, we get to unite together today, no matter what that day is, the day is always today. We get to unite today, not lacking as a group with any gift. No gifts are lacking. We take that very personal. We take this very literal. Scripture is literal. Here we are as women inseparable today, not lacking in any gift. That means you have a gift that is making our group full. You in this room today with the gift that the Lord has given to you is making scripture true. That's your value. That's your person. You have a gift. And in your gift, you stand next to me and my gift and you stand next to that girl with her gift and we are united today, not lacking in any gift. And why? Why do we get to do this? So that we can wait. Have you ever waited for something? And while you're waiting, you do nothing. Have you ever had that day where you're just waiting? Sometimes you're waiting for something so big, so cool, like Christmas day. <laughs> and you sit there and you do nothing. When you're doing nothing, what do you do? Check the time, always. And you're like, oh, oh, it's 7.24. Oh, it's only 7.26. 
and the day just drags on and you're waiting and you're waiting and time just does not move. Have you ever waited for something that's heavy, that's hard, that breaks your heart and you sit and you wait? Those moments of waiting drag on and they make the process of what you're waiting for that much heavier, that much darker. We hear the word wait and our emotions and our thoughts scatter in all different directions, all different memories. I have a feeling we all have a memory when we think of the word wait, that moment in our life that we waited for something. We are all, as believers and followers of Jesus Christ, waiting. We're waiting alongside the first generation Christians for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul says to our first generation Christians, you are not lacking in any gift as you wait. And we hear these words today, you are not lacking in any gift as you wait. We know what the first generation Christians did with their gift. We know. You know how we know? We open up to Acts chapter 1 and we start reading. And every human that comes up in Acts and Romans and 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians and Galatians, Ephesians, all the way to Revelation chapter 22, when John pens the final words, come Lord Jesus, we see the gifts being poured out. Every single human, we see their gifts that they're using and we see how they use it. It's in our book. We get to read what they did with their gifts throughout the entire New Testament. The gifts that they were given, they spilled out as they waited. My encouragement to you this week as we wait to get ready to start this study next week is whatever you're reading, I don't know where you are in your Bible reading, wherever you are, start looking for the word come, start looking for the word gift, the word wait, and see how they all connect. Look at the humans that are in those passages that you're reading and see what gift do they have? What gift are they doing? Who are they doing their gift for? I answer right now, the answer is Jesus. They're doing their gift for Jesus. And you know that they are because they're waiting for Jesus to come again. And when you use your gift for Jesus today, while you wait for Jesus to come again, oh, nothing but power and glory come from it. It's beautiful. We are not lacking in any gift, sweet friend, because you're in this room. As a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ, filled with the Holy Spirit, loved on by God, the Father, the creator of this world, you have a gift that is foundational to his kingdom. You do. As we wait collectively for the Lord to come again, will we use that gift for Jesus? That's the question. That's the heartbeat of what we're going to be looking at these next 10 weeks. And we're going to see what does it look like as we wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, how sweet you are to give us Jesus. Thank you for that time of waiting that you did while Jesus was doing what you've asked him to do. And Jesus, thank you so much for your sweet gift of salvation. We thank you that you used your time, your life, your purpose, your call for me. And thank you 
for dying on the cross. We thank you for being buried. We thank you for conquering it all. We thank you for rising again and for returning to your Father. Such hope we get from that as we think that one day we get to return to our Father, that we get to behold his face, that we get to behold the very one who loved us. I pray that you'll be with us as we wait. Lord, there are many of us that are waiting for many things. And whether it is that we're waiting for something on this earth, that we're waiting for something within ourselves, within our families, within our marriage, whether it is that our heart is focused on waiting for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, wherever we are in our season of waiting, I pray that you help us to use today. Use today because it's what we have. I pray that you'll help us to use what you have given to us inside for your kingdom, for your glory today. We ask all these things in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. You can find us on Telegram at WI Online. If you need prayer, contact us at womeninseparable at gmail.com.